So guys, welcome to episode 14 of the Humanity Jiu-Jitsu podcast. And we're checking a really good milestone off the list today. I have the first 10 Planet Brown Belt on. Roy McCann from 10 Planet Carlo, everyone. Hello, hello. How's it going? Uh, dude, uh, well, I'm even better now that I can get another great episode out with an amazing fucking person like you. So, what is going on? Uh, no, not too much, man. I'm sitting here in the middle of a field on a beautiful day. The weather has been great. It's really making this whole lockdown thing. To manage, I think. Um, I feel really bad for people who are stuck in towns and in apartment blocks and all. They can't get outside. I'm lucky enough to be right, uh, in, right in the countryside. Like, my house is surrounded by fields and forests. Mm. Same here, dude, except uh, so, so. down in, in Clare, where I'm at. Um, I so feel very lucky I'm surrounded by nature. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's only starting to pick up now, but they were given warnings and all until Saturday. With, um, with some oh. Oh, well, I hope they don't blow it out of proportion. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, yeah. God, like, I, 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 sun, though, like, the sun is, I think it's, you know, I think it was, this would have been a lot harder to deal with and a lot harder on our mental health if it was slap bang in the middle of winter and it was oh. some rain outside and all, you know? Man, that's kind of like uh, The Walking Dead. Like, they never showed, like, it during the winter because that would just be, like, a million times harder. I'm like, ah, oh, I can understand that. <laughs> Except The Walking yeah. Rona. <laughs> yeah, right. I never watched any of the walk that. Uh, you're better off. I, I haven't really watched it. Any... You know, don't don't really bother with the Walking Dead. It started off good, then oh, just got shit. Gone on robotic, am I? So what? Yeah, well, I mean, that's inevitably going to happen to any show that runs on that long, isn't it? The shark and it kind of just goes to shit. Like the the fucking actors are looking for ways to get written off the show because they're sick of being on it for ten years. Y'all want to get killed? Oh no, they just get written off. They're like, oh, I just went on a, I, I'm over here now in this other part of the country. Yeah, I might come back in for cameos or some shit, but bye. Uh, yeah, yeah, leave it um, open. Oh uh, yeah, so. Do you want to tell everyone where you're from and where you train in case they want to get around with you sometime? Yeah, sure. My name's Rory McCann. I am a brown belt under Denny Prokopos, who's Eddie Bravo's first black belt. And I was living over in San Francisco for five years. And on the last two years of that, I started training in Ten Planet San Francisco, which was about eight or nine years ago now. And I haven't really looked back since. And then about six years ago, I moved back home, and uh, three to four years ago, I opened up the first 10 Planet Jiu-Jitsu in Ireland, which I'm very proud of, um, in Carlow Town, of all places, which is just kind of close to where I live. Like I say, I'm out in the countryside, and I'm in Wicklow, like it's where I live, right in the wicklow Calair border. So it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and like all these towns are kind of, they're all like Nason, Newbridge, and Carlow. They're all kind of like in a 30-minute 30, 30 drive radius so i kind of just carlo was the first one i picked could have very easily been 10 planet nice or anything but carlo went having a look and immediately i found a spot that was just perfect for it and i, I i've been there since and I, i'm very very happy i feel great to be living the dream all i'm really interested in is jujitsu so the fact that i get to you know that's my job now 
it's what I do for a living. It's I feel very blessed. I feel very lucky, you know. Hmm. How long have you uh, been open up? And uh? um, I opened up on funny enough on Halloween night, um, <laughs> two thousand sixteen. Yeah, funny enough, I I didn't even really realize until I was open. I was like, fuck, this is actually Halloween night. But it was a Monday. I just wanted to start on it. Was it only superhero rash guards that night, like a costume party or something? <laughs> I think at the start it was more kind of like you said, gadgets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, ah, well, you can't go wrong with that. It's pretty much the same thing as a rash guard. That, that'll do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, so what's that, about three and a half weeks ago now, I guess? Yes, it's, and, I, and, I, and I miss it very much. Like, I mean, this two months of no jiu-jitsu is, is easily the longest I've ever took off. Oh, dude, you know? I feel I mean, you. We've got another three months. It's too long. Yeah, man. Like, see, before this whole thing, the longest I missed was 10 days. So now I was just fucking uh, kicking myself ever. for all that shit. Yeah, exactly. How long are you training, Andrew? Uh, it was three years uh, two mo- uh, last month. Yeah, nice one, nice one, dude. You're a blue belt, right? Yeah, I got my blue belt a year ago. Yeah, you're a pretty high-level blue belt, I think, right? You've been on some shows and stuff and done a lot of competitions. Uh, no, and- I've done a lot of competitions, but I haven't been on any shows. Right, right. Ah, you'll get there. You'll get there for sure, man. I, I have my ways. I'm um, very persuasive. You, <laughs> you're Limerick, aren't you? Say what? You're in Limerick, aren't you? What gym are you out of? It's, uh, the only gym in Limerick, uh, Limerick BJJ Academy. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And are you doing coaching there? Or? I help out with the kids and stuff occasionally, but I, I just train mainly. Brilliant, brilliant, awesome, awesome. See, um, one thing I really want to cover with each guest is like, how how did you get into jiu-jitsu? Was there any other martial art you were doing before you started jiu-jitsu? And, and no, well, I did boxing briefly as a young lad. I actually did say I didn't like it that much. And I didn't like getting hand. I didn't particularly like hitting people in the head either, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it never really went anywhere too much, apart from that, like, two-year stint of doing that or whatever. I was never really into any other sports. I was never into football, soccer, or, like, any of those things at all. I, I still haven't at all. I have no interest in them. And, but then, God, I'd say about 2005 or something, I started watching UFC started getting big and the ultimate fighter and all that I, I, it was ultimate fighter three was whenever i first started watching ufc and i immediately just fell in love with it and then then i started like like kind of like i'd like to try this i'd like to give it a, a go to training at least you know so i started going up to svg i think john john Kavanaugh like was the only was the only person doing it in ireland so i started up there it was a bit of a track and all like and i was never too disciplined or really into it i think i learned that the guts of a year i trained up there with john 
And, and I mean, I do, you know, I, it's like all MMA, like, I, I, but I didn't, I didn't like the striking at all, but I loved the grappling. Like, I felt drawn to the grappling immediately, you know. And, but I was never too disciplined. I didn't take it too seriously or anything. I didn't really have much ambition to go on and compete. And I was doing it because I really liked it. And I learned a lot at John, but then I moved to San Francisco. And I was always big into lifting weights. I was a big, huge meathead dude for the biggest part of my life, I guess. Like, And I uh, moved over to San Francisco and didn't do any training, just went on my meathead ways, just lifting weights and seeing how big I could get. And then I got into listening to Joe Rogan's podcast a lot whenever that first came out. And... Like, Eddie Bravo, was, I always liked Eddie, I always had a lot of good stuff to say, and I was always mad into MMA still, and then my coach was actually on an episode, Denny Prokopos, he was on an episode ages ago, and I was like, I really like what this guy's saying, and he's in town where I'm living, but I think I'll go out first. After day one at 10 Planet uh, San Francisco, I just haven't looked back. I was just completely hooked. I've gone very, very serious about it since. And it's it's pretty much all I care about, to be honest now. And like I say, I'm very happy. It's took me to a place where it's my job. And I, you know, I get to do it every day. Whenever we're not in quarantine, of course. Mm. See, man, um, was there anything in particular you struggled with when you were first starting off? Like, was there a sort of any technique or concept you just weren't uh, getting initially? Mm, no, not really, to be honest. I was, <clears throat> I, not that I used strength that much. Like, I always was kind of smart enough to realize, like, there's no point in using strength for people. Because, like, like I say, like, I was always lifting weights. And, like, I'd usually be the biggest person in the room. Like, in most rooms I went into. And plus, you know, like, I'm six foot three as well. I'm just, I'm a really big guy, like. So, I mean... I didn't struggle too much at the start because I had so much physicality, you know, but I didn't like, I wasn't, I guess I was smart enough to, you know, not to rely on that and to get, you know, technique, but like, when I was getting smashed at like Jesus at the start, like guys like big red Adam Sacknoff and stuff. And just these like monsters that were just, you know, smashing me at the start. But I mean, there was no white belt smashing me at the start, if that makes sense, you know? And like, hmm. even, at the very start, I'd, I'd be given most of the bluebells, kind of like, you know, like not an easy time, just because, like, I'm a big giant person, really. <laughs> I say that was fair handy. So, yeah, uh, what's your sort of advice for new people just in general? Like, what's just your advice for new people? Um, <clears throat> just, you know, learn to enjoy it. Like, you've kind of got to make peace with the first, you know, up to six months is just ass weapons. You're just turning up to get an ass whooping, really. But, like, you're learning a lot during it as well. And then, you know, you start to learn some skills and your defense gets on point. And with that, you're, you know, you get more confidence in your offense. And then you start dealing out the ass whoopings. And that's when it gets all real addictive. By that time, you're hooked. I hmm. uh, see. What's the first sort of uh, technique or lesson you try and instill in your beginners in your gym? Um, well, I mean, the lessons are always changing, you know, because the techniques are always changing. But um, the start of this year, I started to really delve into basics or fundamentals. And 
it was something that I'd never really understood before, you know? Like, a lot of the times when I'd, I'd like, be showing something that is deemed as kind of complicated or whatever, or fancy, you know, like, a lot of people kind of put Ten Planet up with, like, a lot of crazy moves like rubber guard where you they think you have to be extremely flexible and they've all got these mad names and they all seem real complex and it seems daunting for people but um <clears throat> and they'd be going they'd be asking like you know like can you teach us the basics and like anytime i was asked that i'd ask them well what what do you think the basics are and i never got an answer like you never get a good answer so I went for a long time, like not actually knowing what. And like, if you'd ask someone out, like you teach us the basics, and you'd ask, "Well, what are the basics?" And they go, oh, "I don't know, like an arm bar from guard or something." But like, you know, that didn't seem any different for me than any other, um, any other technique. But now I'm kind of understanding that the basics are the fundamentals. Are I think the essential parts of jujitsu, like the stuff you have to know. Like, like take pin escapes, for example, like you have to know pin escapes, like you can't do jujitsu without knowing pin escapes. Like you can do jujitsu without knowing what a guillotine is, or what an armbar is, but like if you can't understand the basic concepts of defense and how to get out from under a pin, like you're just, you're, you're not going to be able to do jujitsu because you're not going to be able to get out from anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because, you know, what are you going to do if you if you don't know how to escape from side control? Try to fucking yeah. bottom, bottom side base of that choke that works 1% of the time? Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, we don't wear a gi, so it works no percent of the time. I, I see. Well, how about 0.1%? Because I see people doing no gi base of that choke. So how about yeah. 0.01%? Hey, hey. <laughs> that no gi baseball back choke is completely legit completely legit and um, i've only ever went out been choked unconscious twice my whole time doing jiu-jitsu like i went close a million fucking times but i've only actually went out twice and the second time was from a nogi baseball bat choke that, that they are they are completely legit completely legit and um, uh, you know dave do you know who david o'neill is He's a guy from up north. I think he's a purple belt. He's a very active Irish competitor. Uh, shit, let me think. I might know him to see. Like, I'm just really bad yeah. at games. Yeah. I don't know the guy personally. I've never really talked to him. But he's fucking awesome. And I love watching him compete. And he has put out a lot of people. And a lot of good guys. A lot of guys I know with this Nogi baseball bat joke. And um, a couple of my students seen it, seen him doing it. They were at, I think, one of the Midlands or something, and he did it to um, And they were like, fuck, that, that's cool. Like, <laughs> a, a guy. Um, uh, and they were like, that's pretty cool, Rory. Can you show us how to do that? And I says, no, because I've never done it. I don't really know how to do it. But I think you should keep playing with it, you know? And, and I seen one guy, one guy in particular, Rob Toomey, he was just like, and he kept trying it and, you know, getting it wrong. But I was always like, Rob, keep sticking with it. Like, there's there's something there, you know, make it yours. Just keep failing at it and keep refining it and keep better at it. <laughs> so, yeah, Nogi baseball ch- bad choke is 100% legit. <laughs> uh rory one thing i'm always curious about if you think about it like what a great weapon it is because you can launch it with no grips like if you're facing your opponent all you have to do is wrap your arms around his neck from the front 
which is very hard to stop. You know, you don't have to get any two-on-one grips. You don't have to get an underhook. You don't have to get an overhook. You go straight around his neck and twist. You kind of pull him into mount, which is, if the guy's not used to it, there's this false sense of security. And then next thing he's snoring, you know? <laughs> that happened to me at Naga, but in Gi, like, uh, like I pulled Delaheva, sorry, I pulled X and Delaheva and shit. And I sort of swept him. Then I got a mount and he grabbed the fucking grips to turn yeah. around. Nearly put yeah. to sleep. I was like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're not used to it, it's uh it's it can be a very gentle one, you know. You don't realize you're getting choked until, you know, the, the curtains start coming down. Like, man, uh it was like tunnel vision when I was done. I couldn't hear at all. I was like, I nearly went to sleep, I could barely yeah. see. And I had to pull your man's yeah. pants to pull myself up because I couldn't fucking stand up right. <laughs> <laughs> This all sound starts to get real tinny, and that's that's your first sign that oh yeah, it's 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 sleepy time. <laughs> uh, Rory, uh, one thing I'm always curious about is um, your, how what was your first competition experience like, and how'd it go? Um, yeah, my first competition experience it was in San Francisco, and I think it was what's the competition called? Jiu Jitsu by the Bay or something? I think it was called. It's, quite good it was quite big and i it, it was great first time competing had my whole team there and it, it, it was really excellent and and i only had one other guy in my division uh, some other guy uh, he had a chinese name so uh like there's a lot of chinese or asian people over there but you know like you know you kind of get to a competition and you're kind of scoping around trying to size up who you're up against and all and i mean obviously first competition like shitting it with nerves um really really nervous and you know don't know what's going to happen but still confident you know i'm pretty decent at jiu-jitsu like it was only a white belt but i think it was about a year in before i competed and mm-hmm. um oh my division was on on a on a mat and uh, my best friend uh a australian guy called zane stone who's like my jiu-jitsu brother like you know we started at the same time we used to work together in san francisco we you know got promoted at the same time and all um, and we were competing at the same time for the first time on, on this same day. And um, I kind of seen where my division was going on. And I'd seen the guy I was up against because he was sitting there and he was this fat Asian guy. And um, all my nerves like immediately just went away. And I was like, oh, this guy like looks like he's shitting it. Like he's way more nervous than me. Like it's the same weight as me, but he's a short, fat guy, and I'm this big, tall, muscular guy. You know, like I'm obviously more athletic than him. Like I think I'm gonna win this. Um, so I went over to say hello, and I actually kind of wanted to calm him down a little. But he wasn't like he was going mad or anything. But like you know, I kind of wanted just to, to settle everything. You know the way? Like that's kind of how I am. You know, mm-hmm. like I I don't practice with any animosity or, and you know, I don't want guy to be shaking or tense or whatever going into it like so i went to introduce myself and i was like oh that's cool that's cool and then denny my coach and um you know he he, he knew i was about to have a match going on and then um, he didn't know the guy i was sitting beside was the guy who was going to compete against and um, and then he came over like right rory listen like n- there's no nice guy here i just want you to rip his fucking head off all right like, <laughs> you know you can just go in and fucking kill him like and I'm like, oh, Denny, that's your man there sitting beside me. Oh, so the, the fucker's nerves probably weren't too good. Um, and then my friend, uh, Zane, who I just said there, his mat got called up. So, like, um, 
I'm sitting mat side by his, like watching his match, you know, and I get called up for my match. And so I go up against this guy and I just immediately just take him down and choke him. I, like probably 30 seconds or something. Um, so there's, there's footage of my, my mate's match where um, his match starts and I'm sitting on the sidelines watching it. I get up and do my match and then come back and sit on the sidelines to watch the rest of his match. <laughs> He's probably thinking, where'd Rory go for a minute? <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Did he fucking win his match that quickly? My <laughs> coach didn't end up even seeing my match because, like, I just, he was like, oh, Rory, you must be up soon afterwards. Like, oh, no, I'm done, man. I just went there and just kind of smashed your match. So, like, <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, much of a challenge, but, like, it was, it was a nice first match, if you know what I mean. Like, it was a nice way to go into competition like it didn't ruin my confidence or anything the first time you know no i get it was good to experience all that and get that out of because you know like the biggest thing of dealing with competition like is you know like it's it's dealing with the nerves and the anxiety building up to it you know that's that's the biggest battle of it the matches is just it's just a little thing you know but we all have to go through that like even now you know like fucking after you know, competing as much as I have and all, you still, you know, you go through that anxiety and that, like, it's it's always a big pass that way, I find. Mm. Do you have a preferred rule set for competitions? Yes, I, I'm not a fan of points. Um, and I just, I, I prefer sub only, but I, um, like, do you know the way they're doing it, like, well, they're calling Polaris rules now, where they'll break a match into three segments and then have judges? Mm. But judges are only really, you know, like, they're points, but only in the judge's head, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really, like, uh, opinionated, opinionated in that case, you know? Yeah. Not like, a factual thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I mean, like, there is the beauty of positional, you know, play and all, like, and, you know, it's control that leads to submission. That's what jiu-jitsu is. But there's a lot of stalling in points matches. Like, if guys oh, are up dude. a point, they'll get it. Like, no no, no just question. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it makes it a, a bit less interesting to watch. Um, and, but like I say, like, you know, but, like, a decision is only points in the in the judges' heads, really. And um, I I really like the EBI overtime rules. Mm, that makes sense. Well, that is that's uh, really good because there has to be a winner and loser via like uh, the submission yeah. thing. You know, yeah. there's, there's less like bullshit because you know obviously they couldn't submit each other in the time, so they're doing this you know overtime thing. So that's the whole purpose of it. I think that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, it is a really good way, but it's not without its problems either. Um, I mean, whenever Eddie first brought it out, like every even little tournament in Ireland was all doing it because like, it, like you know, even little tournaments inside gyms and stuff are all this because it's, you know, it's more exciting for the competitor, for anybody watching. And, you know, it takes judges and referees decisions and all out of that. It takes the power away from the referee. But what? What was happening and why it went out of fashion, and I think why people, most people don't like it, is because um, on, on like the official EBI, on the EBI, I think there's three rounds of overtime. So um, it, it, it's played that way. But, you know, because like these tournaments that you have, like, 
these opens and stuff would have so many hundreds of matches. I mean, there's a bit of a time constraint. You know yourself how you know jiu-jitsu tournaments and all run on hours late and all that. But so they they all brought it down to only one round of overtime. But one round of overtime is easy to gain. You see everybody that whenever they won the coin toss or uh, the coin toss, they got to pick either defense or offense. And if everyone was smart about it, they picked defense first. Because there's only one round of it. So say they, um, if they could pick defense first, they'd know exactly how long they have to hold out. Like if, say, they pick defense first, the person takes their back, and they get out on the minute mark, say. Well, whenever they go to take offense then, they don't have to go for a submission. They can just go back, back two hooks in, and just hold that for a minute and one second, and then they've won. So it was way to game it and it was a way to bring Stalin into overtime rounds so but then on the same note like that that kind of doesn't it becomes pretty irrelative if you've got three rounds off it but I mean you know with these competitions with like hundreds of matches going on in a day like it's going to be very exhausting to have timer for three rounds off it you know so but I think that's what was happening it was too easy to game you know that's why like any of these tournaments now that uh Let's still do it and still do the one round. Um, I think, I didn't I meet you down at Grapple Kings? Yeah. Yeah, they were doing it that way. And I, I, I did think it made the, uh, the matches more fun to watch and all. But like, like anytime my guys were going to overtime, it was like, you're picking defense first. That's what we want. And we're doing that, you know? Like, it's, it's an ugly way to do it. But like, if you know how to game it and you're not doing it, then, you know, you're, you're not taking advantage of, of it either. Hmm. I, you know, no matter what rules that you you fight under, there's always going to be ways to sort of game the system yeah. and stuff. That's yeah. just with any with any sports will. in general. You know, you, the people will exploit rule sets and stuff. That's just the way of it. So, yeah. I mean, like obviously, sub only no time limit is the best way to do it, but you know, you, you, you can't do that. <laughs> that's a that's a bit time time consuming. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. Like, we're not camping out of these tournaments. Ah, uh, you know. See, um, do you have a favourite submission? Um, I think triangles. I like triangles. I'm not sure big into... Thought... No, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I do a lot of submissions. Like, I've got quite a like a large arsenal of submissions, if you know what I mean. Like, like I love submissions. Submissions are my favorite part of it. That's, like, I, like I love jiu-jitsu as an overall, but, like, there's a real beauty in submissions. Nice, clean chokes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Because, like, well, you know, that is the, the ultimate way to win, because, you know, you can't say, oh, he only won on points or he got decision. No, he fucking submitted yeah. you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made you give up. Like, he made you... Like, there's no more definitive way to win a fight, I don't think, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, but I, I really like triangles. There's something about, like, effortlessly triangling someone with your legs that's very appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, um, do you remember what your first seminar was like? And uh, do you remember what was taught at it? Hmm, Jesus, my first seminar. I'm pretty sure whenever I was in SPG, I went to a seminar by, and I don't even know who the guy was. He was a Brazilian guy, and I don't even remember what he was teaching. I think it was a 
But I remember him being super cool. But geez, I don't even know who the guy was, to be honest. Mm. And then after that, I went to, do you remember Ian Freeman? Uh, man, I told him terrible with names. <laughs> no, he was, um, he was in the UFC for a brief bit a long time ago. Um, he was an English fighter. He bet Frank Mir. And there was this TV program on years ago called, I think it was called Britain's Hardest Man or something. It was a load of shite, but he presented it. <laughs> I of one of these gangsters, but he's a real character. And I remember going up to one of his seminars. I think it was in, it was at Andy Ryan's place, but I was, I was going back quite a way before Andy, you know, went and did his whole, uh, his own thing with, with Team Rhino and all. Mm. Uh, and so it's going back a long time. And I remember I, I had a sinus infection, so I couldn't partake in it. But I paid the money and all just to go up and see. And I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Like, he was really, really fucking funny. I don't remember any of the technique, but I remember, like, the jokes he was making, just laughing at him. And then, so, I mean, that's back in my SPG days before I took it all seriously. And then the first seminar that I um, had in Denny's place in Ten Planet San Francisco was Higgin Machado. Um, and I didn't really un- like know what a legend Higgin was at the time, you know. I, I knew he was very important and all, like, but you know, I didn't understand this. Like, fucking, like, it's you know, it's jiu-jitsu royalty. It's Higgin Machado, but that was cool to meet him. And then Denny uh, used to have Eddie Bravo come up, and uh, Eddie's seminars are are brilliant. They're they're a lot of fun. Mm. Now, does he actually say look into it as much as everyone says he does, or is that just uh, bullshit? Well, well, back then, like, he wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't all about the conspiracy stuff. It was, it was a bit more about the jiu-jitsu, you know. <laughs> the, the, the look into it is more of a recent thing. Well, I mean, it's probably been a couple of years now. But, I mean, like, if you Google Eddie Bravo, like, you're probably going to have to go down about 10 things before you find jiu-jitsu. It's all flat earth and stuff now, you know. It's kind of nearly tough over. Uh, you won't even believe how my first exposure to Eddie Bravo, this was like um, a couple of months before I even started jiu-jitsu. Uh, it was the Alex Jones jo- episode with Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo was on as well. I was like, who the fuck's this Eddie Bravo guy? You know, chatting shit. But like, uh, like, that was a great episode. That was my first ever exposure to Eddie Bravo. That was episode 9-11, wasn't it? Uh, let's see. That one was back in 2017. I think that that wasn't the most recent one. That was the one like no, the third one since, but the first one they managed that the episode number was nine eleven. Oh it's, shit! Yeah, yeah, that was, very that good. was the one. That was the one. Yeah. yeah. God damn, I that was about They're talking about Joe Rogan moving to Spotify, saying he was just on the phone with Joe and how Joe's going to launch a war in September on YouTube and all this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not September yet, so he's a bit he's a bit early. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got to finish out something there. Uh, but, uh, what was uh, your most recent seminar that you attended? Um, bum, 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 bum. What was the most recent one? It might have been a... Well, all the past seminars have been, uh, have been in my place, so I've been organizing them. I've been bringing guys in, you know. But we also did... Last year, last August, you had a Ten Planet summer camp from Ten Planet Dublin. And, oh shit! Um, was that the locker thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, man! I'm fucking kicking myself that I missed that, man. I'm fucking. Oh my god. Yeah, that 
was a lot, that was a lot of fun. It was like a five or six day thing. I I got to teach teach seminars up um, up at it as well. Like so, I mean, it was great. But you know, it, it was cool hanging with all those guys like Ben Eddy and Boogeyman and you know Gio Martinez and Jeremiah Vance and just all these top guys. You know, they're all <laughs> they're all buddies of mine. They're all really cool. You know. Mm. Oh, do you want to hear something really funny about Ben Eddy? Yeah. See, uh, my my dad, like, he knows I love jujitsu, and he watches some matches and shit sometimes. Like, you know, he watches it on YouTube. And I tell you, he fucking cannot stand Ben Eddy just because of his fucking mustache. Like, he has jujitsu, <laughs> dad. I'm like, I don't fucking care. His fucking mustache is weird. Fuck. <laughs> that, that's his one gripe. That's his one gripe with him. <laughs> his mustache it's such a great fucking mustache as well it is man if if i could swap mustaches for them i fucking would this little wispy thing fuck it <laughs> but, but uh ben is a really good friend of mine like i i came up with ben like ben was a blue belt whenever i started in in 10 planet san francisco ben has always been a really good friend like actually this field i'm sitting in now i've had ben in this field like Showing him around. Ben's Ben's a really good buddy of mine. Mm. Did you ever roll in that field? Um, <laughs> and it, no, <laughs> I got my gym to roll it. Um, he's he's an awesome role as well. Like Ben is so he's so flowy. He's so gentle. Yeah, like he totally destroys you. He, I I I he's probably the smoothest person I've ever rolled with. Like Ben uses zero force. It's 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 pretty incredible. Mm. So yeah, uh, and like you, ever... you know, like that's it. his do routine stuff that he does and all, like that's like that's him, like that's his go-to, like that's not just for show or anything. That's what he's getting you, with, and it's so hard to stop. Mm. So yeah, uh, have you ever integrated something from a seminar just so well it's become like a mainstay in your game? Um, yeah, I'm sure I have. I'm trying to think of an example. Do you know a seminar I thought was brilliant? Do you know who Chris Brennan is? Chris Brennan, Chris Brennan. I know the fucking name. I'm just trying to picture his face. Man, I'm just terrible with fucking names. It's ridiculous. Well, you mightn't have heard too much of him. Like He's like one of the OG uh, grappler guys. You know, he's fought in UFC. He's fought in Pride, I think. He's fought in Japan. Like, he's like really old school. And he had like, you know, he has a, he runs Next Generation or Next Gen. They're his like his affiliate brand. So like he's had a like a exclusively Nogi Jiu Jitsu school even before Eddie set up Ten Planet, you know. He's mm. a real like OG OG but his um he went to a seminar up in Dublin and he split it into two. He did the first half on uh, first half on passing, you know, a lot of the leg weaving stuff. You know, like a lot of the floating passing that Gordon Ryan is kind of popularizing now in the past while, like brilliant stuff, mm. like we've got a lot of leg weaving. Um and I found that brilliant. That was kind of my first introductory to that, and I loved it. And then the second half, it was um, more like the Tikamo, which is uh, part of my game now as well. I mean, it's been refined a hell of a by Danaher's instructions. But yeah, little things like that, you just, you know, you integrate straight into your game from a seminar, which is great if you can find it. It's kind of rare, to be honest. Mm. So we got some questions off the Instagram. The thing I put up yesterday, we got some good questions here. So one sec. Let's see. Uh, do you have any oh, cool. strength? Uh, do you have any uh, strength and conditioning routines and your meditation coaching methods? And uh, 
how do you structure a class? It's like a three-parter question from uh, N. Donnelly, 98. Oh, uh, that Nicholas, is it? Yeah, he always, he always, he, he puts up the best questions on the questionnaire thing. Yeah, <laughs> I that, must say. That, that kid's an absolute killer. I'm a big fan of that kid. He just got his blue belt, like, late last year or early this year. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's smooth as fuck. I, I, I really like that Jimmy comes... Yeah, in the, PGT and uh, fucking Gory. Well, <laughs> I forgot. Hey, man, Shawnee, yeah. Gory, uh, uh, one of my good buddies, like a guy I grew up with, is a purple belt over there as well, Lorcan Gleason. Um, I, and he kind of like brought brought the two teams together, you know. I go out and teach seminars there, and Sean comes to my place and teach seminars, and it's it's a lovely crew. But Nicholas is a, is a standout. He's got some beautiful jiu-jitsu, beautiful guard game. What was the first part? Strength and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do like I don't really have a routine. What I do is I have some kettlebells and some club belts, which I really like, and battle ropes and stuff that I would use for about 10 to 15 minutes after I roll. So I'd have them in the gym. Um, and then whenever I'm really warm and all, after a, a roll session, which is every night really, I'd, uh, I'd swing those around for a bit, you know. But um, I, I don't, like, it's hard for me to just do strength and conditioning just to do it, if, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I don't like... I think it's fucking boring and monotonous. Yeah, it, it, it is, it's boring. And I mean, like, I had a lifetime off of it, you know. I was always lifting weights and, uh, you know, counting reps and looking at a treadmill or a tie. It's just like, once you do jiu-jitsu, it's just so hard to go back to that, you know. Like, jiu-jitsu is kind of like tricks you nearly into getting strong and fit because I mean, you're just playing this game, virtual reality game of death. With a buddy and having great fun on it. But, like, you just need to get this workout in as well, like, so. so the yeah. simulated murder is really fun. Yeah, yeah, but jujitsu was kind of ruined, strength and conditioning for us. But um, since this lockdown has started, like I brought all my club bells and kettlebells, and I, I brought a lot of stuff home, so I've been using them a bit in the garden. But I'm big into breath work. Um, I do a lot, and I warm up a lot of my classes as well with, um, you know, Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Yeah, I've heard, of, I've heard, heard about of Wim him Hoff. a little bit. I've heard about him a little bit, but I don't really know like the the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, you, you should definitely look into him, man. He's very, very interesting, and you'll get a lot from it. it. It's another thing I got from Rogan's podcast. I mean, women was on Rogan's podcast, I, I don't know, five years ago, and like I've been doing his method daily, and it's. I'm like, there, there's, a, there's a lot to him. He's like this crazy old Dutch guy. I think he just turned 60. But he's called, nicknamed the Iceman. He's broke like over 20 Guinness uh, world records, you know, being in an ice bath for two hours and just doing it like going up Mount Everest in a pair of shorts. Just all this crazy shit. But he does it all through um, a breathing exercise uh, that he has where it's, um, it's, it's very simple to do and it's, it's so profound. Like, I think with a lot of this meditation and yoga and all, there's a bit of, you know, like, iffy-wiffy, wooey shit with it, like, but this, there's just no arguing with it, because, like, like I can show you this, and, like, in two minutes, I'm going to have you holding your breath comfortably for a minute, a minute and a half, two minutes maybe on the first time, you know? 
Mm. Like, if you try to hold your breath now, like, you know, you probably pretty well get funny. So, I can very, very easily show you how to charge your bike with willpower or anything. You're comfortably able to completely oxidize yourself and hold your breath without breathing for a minute and a half and two minutes. And whenever you start getting into exercise with it, doing push ups and all, like, you'll, you know, if you can do 20 push ups now, you'll do 40. It's, it's pretty incredible. Like, I, I've shown it to so many people and they've integrated it into their life. And like I say, I warm up an awful lot of my classes with it. And I mean, it's, you know, like a lot of this bread and stuff, you know, it's hard to convince someone that, oh, this is good and all like, but this is just like, holy shit, it's just so profound. And the, the effects are so immediate that, um, yeah, everyone loves it. It's, it's, it's awesome. And I make such a habit of it. You know, like I, I do it every day. I'll do a couple of rounds of Wim Hof. Mm. So yeah, we got a question by Reverse Stella Redmond. He says, "You're a great coach. Who's your biggest influence?" Ah, uh, Kyle. Yeah, he was uh, like episode six of the podcast. He's, he does a really good episode. That one, I really like Kyle. Kyle's great. Um, who was my biggest influence? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd have to say my coach, Denny Prokopos, he was a massive influence. I mean, I was only training directly under him for the first two years, but, um, I mean, shit, he, like, he just built my confidence up so much, you know, that, like, I feel like I could do anything under him. Um, so that was huge. But, like, I've also been, like, heavily influenced by Eddie Bravo. Like, for, for the first long time, my whole game was pretty much just copying eddies you know i was all locked down i was all truck rubber guard all the you know the typical 10 planet stuff like i really eddie definitely influenced my game huge and um, and then i had guys like adam sackoff big red there training with me every day and just you know just being fucking absolutely crushed by him was very motivating and so many times I was stuck under that guy going like, this is, this is just horrible. It's just miserable. I, I have to find out how I people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, next one was, uh, by, uh... So what? Yeah, no, go on, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Just a bit of lag there. So, like, uh, the next question is um by Dan Shrimpong. I hate that name change, but, like, uh, What's it? Um, what's your, your the biggest distinction you make between ten planet style jiu-jitsu and just uh, standard nogi? Um, yeah, well, I mean, like people think, um, there's some conceptions that like ten planet is just truck regard lockdown stuff, but in truth, like ten planet is everything that works nogi. Like I think Eddie's one of Eddie's biggest strengths and something that he's kind of spread out is an open mind, you know. Like, not getting too married to your ideas or, or, or thinking that one thing is completely right, you know, and that's the only way. Like, have an open mind. If something's working and you feel like you can adapt it, then adapt it into your game. You know, like, everybody, like, everybody goes down a different path of jiu-jitsu. Like, it, it is, like, truly an art in that sense, you know? Like, people's body types and their personality will completely dictate in what road and path their style of jiu-jitsu goes down and, and like i say my mate who was talking about there zane stone like he's um like i say we started at the same time under the same coach 
we train together, we work together, we're similar bills, we're both real tall, lanky guys. And yeah, our jiu-jitsu was completely different, you know? Like everyone gravitates to just their path that suits them. And they like, you know, that's one of the most beautiful things about jiu-jitsu. Everyone is completely different with their own unique style. Hmm. So guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast I like to call Around the Specifics. It's just a bunch of random questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So, Rory, do you want to do a round of specifics? Let's do it. <laughs> what was uh, your favorite TV show growing up? Hmm. Simpsons. Uh, dude, nothing can beat classic Simpsons, just because yeah, that's put effort just, in. <laughs> oh, dude, it was, it was unbelievable. It was a powerhouse of a show back in the 90s. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> and the fact that they had guest stars on, but the episode wasn't about them. Like, they just played mm. random characters in it. Yeah, yeah. I think South Park even went further on that, which would get big superstars and just have them, you know, being a dog and barking and stuff. Didn't they get like, was it who? Who the fuck did they have playing the dog? Was it Alec Baldwin or something? Or someone? Like I want to say George Clooney, but I'm not totally well, sure. It was George Clooney. It was. I remember it now. Yeah. It was he, he was Sparky, the gay dog. Yeah, they didn't give him any words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. Um. What was your first video game console, and what was your favorite game on it? And my first one was an Atari 2600. That's really showing my age. Um, and I think probably Centipede was the first one on it. And then I graduated up to, from there, I think the jump up was to the NES. I was always, I was always mad into video games. I was always big into video games. Um, and the and NES like, is like, classic. I've been so much video games since this fucking lockdown started as well. Really Man, all, jump back. That's all I've been them. doing in my time because of this. Yeah, shit. yeah. And I, I play weird games as well. Like I'm, I'm not your typical like Call of Duty or anything. Like I, I, <laughs> I'm into strange games. Like I'm. Have you ever heard of a game called Stardew Valley? Oh, yeah, that's like, uh, what's the fucking game? It's like Animal Crossing and stuff, right? Is that? Or, yeah. Or, Harvest I'm, Moon, I'm thinking. Harvest Moon, I'm thinking. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. I always loved Harvest Moon game, and I always actually really wanted an expansive Harvest Moon, and then this guy pretty much went and did it. Like, But I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I'm just attracted to games where you have to grind, like where you've got to do repetitive work over and over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. I always like RPGs, like fantasy and stuff where you've got to build your character up and just put loads of work in. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's uh, just, dude, because it, it reminds you of jiu-jitsu because you have to put a lot of work in to see any uh, efforts and uh, improvements. I think that's probably like, yeah. And like jiu-jitsu <laughs> is like ultimate grind. Uh, dude, you know it's the best like, analogy? Like, jiu-jitsu is the game. You, you lose a million times before you win. Yeah over and over again i've never played the dark souls i know all about them i know like all the permadeath and like how it's really hard and all that and but i never i never actually played them maybe i should maybe start looking into them uh well what game what do you have do you have ps4 uh, xbox one oh dude you're missing out on uh two really good games bloodborne and sekiro i think they're both exclusives i know bloodborne is but Sekiro is like Japanese Dark Souls. It's way more quick paced and like very in there and visceral and stuff. It, it's so much fun. What was the name of it? I haven't heard of that one. It was uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh, okay. 
it's so fucking and it's fun. fun. It's fun and it's really difficult, but it's not it's not unfair like Dark Souls tends to be sometimes, you know. You lose yeah, because you yeah. fucked up. That that's you know, you lose because you made a mistake. There's no cheap shit yeah. in my opinion. Well, I'm, so, yeah. into that. I'm looking for a new game now because my uh, my farm in Stardew Valley is just making like a, a million quid a week now. I think I've I I've kinda of bet it. Uh you've reached peak capitalist like, man, I want something new yeah. bitch. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing injury you've ever had? Sorry, buddy, what you say? What's the most embarrassing injury you've ever got, whether it be a jiu-jitsu injury or a non-jiu-jitsu injury? Um, embarrassing? Um, I don't know how do you embarrassing? I've been pretty good with injuries. Um, I've managed to stay like. I had two injuries at white belt that kept me out for six weeks at a time each, and that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, any other recent injuries have only been little things, hmm. like maybe I have to get heel hooked for a match or something, like stuff that would make, might stop me rolling for two weeks, but you know, I'm still in the gym every day. But um, the, first, I've, the first one is... I. This was kind of weird, actually. Um, I was doing a competition in... I was doing Gracie Worlds as a white belt um, in California. I was in the semifinals, um, and I got this... this he was a really strong guy. He was pretty good. Um, and I got him into mount, and I was working to, you know, jack his head up like you're... Um, you know, we call it chopping block. You know, if you're going for a head and arm choke, where you're isolating an arm and getting it up above mm. his head. Yeah. I, I was going... But like with <laughs> with no technique, I guess now I know how to do it a lot better now mechanically. But like he was a really strong guy, so he was pulling his you know pulling his elbow down, stopping me, and just with one big raw burst of strength, I managed to rock and just like you know force his arm up, and at the same time I broke my rib. I like I have I still have this. I should have probably got a fix, but I've got this gnarly bit of bone sticking out of my rib that's still Ugh, there on once oh i broke my own rib i broke this dude's shoulder all in just just this weird freak <laughs> thing that happened dude <laughs> yeah fucking crazy yeah, that was a weird one that was a weird one uh do you have a, a nickname or a fighting name in the gym no i don't at all i think it should be the hound <laughs> yeah, because you know you have the same name as the actor who plays him. For anyone who doesn't know, it's just a pretty yeah, funny thing. Yeah. Rory McCann on Game of Thrones, and he's called a hound. But like, I don't know, is that enough of a reason? <laughs> nah, that, that's pretty good. Because you keep hounding people, uh, <laughs> biting, at their, biting at their heels. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what's it? Um, what was your last Halloween costume you wore? And on a scale to one to ten, how ridiculous was it? I don't know if I've ever worn a Halloween costume. I might have thrown a bed sheet over myself and cut two holes out for eyes and went as a ghost as a kid. <laughs> the classic. Oh, I was on Halloween night one night and uh, like, you know, the Yanks are mad for dressing up and stuff. They're, they're crazy. But um, yeah, I was going out and there was just this, decorations of a of a chain you know like a foam chain like a big chain link mm. so i put that around my neck 
it was Rampage Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I got to admire the creativity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way he excited to be dressing up. <laughs> and then, uh, do you speak any other languages? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, well, Jiu-Jitsu is um, a universal language, so that's fine. Universal language, yeah. I don't even know much Brazilian. I know Poha and Carayo, that's about it. Um, I, I never like languages. Um, like, I, I don't have a word of Irish. I couldn't string a sentence together. Um, I just, well, I didn't have any interest in it in school. But yeah, I don't know any other languages. Oh, I get this. See, um, funny that you mentioned Irish. See, uh, it's... Uh, I had my Irish oral in the leaving cert. It was actually on my birthday, and your one she softballed me so fucking much because it was my birthday. It was Irish oral, so she was go. She decided to go easy on me. I still failed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember mine, but yeah, I didn't have a word of it. I, I, yeah, like I didn't give a shit either. I had no interest in school whatsoever. Um. I have a lot of guys um, in the gym. I have a very strong team of teenage guys who are all supposed to be doing their leaving cert this year, and they're all, I think a lot of them are delighted it got cancelled. <laughs> ah, lucky them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least there's an upside. Yeah, they're happy. You can just go back to doing jiu jitsu. Well, they can whenever all this is over. I mm. uh, well, see. Do you have a. Do you have a favorite historical period? Like, say you had a time machine, where's the first place you'd go? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think, Jesus, where would the place... Like, how could, like, how could you maximize your fighting ability in a time period? Uh, go like, back it, to the old uh, Olympic wrestling events and just fuck them all up. Yeah, yeah. But, like, also, like, like, people evolve taller every year, right? Or every generation, I mean. So, like, like people back then would have been midgets. So, like, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be, like, just fighting God amongst them if you went back far enough. You could just snap them down and get the easiest guillotine in the fucking world. Just have them dangling off the floor. You know, like, like with what I know now, like, just because, like, how much technical uh, stuff has evolved in jiu-jitsu so much, like, like, you could go back to 1992 and win the first UFC. Oy. Dude, would you not cause a fucking paradox or something since you're using 10 Planet stuff in the fucking yeah. 90s? Like, what the fuck? The universe going to explode. And then Eddie will you... make a new conspiracy about it. Half it out hoist in 92 with rubber guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I say the universe will just end because there's, yeah, there's so just much later. Yeah, yeah. There's too much, there's too many variables. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, do you have a, do you have a movie that you like but everyone else hates, or vice versa? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't watched a movie in, I think, years. I used to be like, I used to, I used to be such a movie buff. Like, I used to live over a video shop for a while, and like, I used to watch like a movie a day, probably. And jujitsu kind of took all that out of it. I can't. My tolerance for acting is really low now. Does, does that make sense? Like I can watch documentaries and listen to podcasts, but if people are acting, I, I just have no interest. Mm, no, I get you. Because at least with like podcasts and uh, 
documentaries you're learning shit that you're like it's use it's information and stuff it's not just like a performance yeah but even if you're not learning like even if it's some bullshit like tiger king or something like it's enjoyable for me because they're not acting do you know what i mean yeah it's it's not like uh it's not put on or it is yeah yeah but it's not entirely scripted it's not staged uh, I imagine you don't like, like WWE it, then. <laughs> I've seen a Friends or something on. Like some stuff that I would have enjoyed before. Like I look at that and go like, how the fuck did I ever watch this? It's, uh, you it's know, just strange. Not, not everyone likes sitcoms. No one liked my idea no. of getting uh, Eddie Bravo and a bunch of people who don't believe conspiracies and putting them in a sitcom together. Uh, Busters <laughs> didn't take off. Have them fight it out. <laughs> that's a great idea is that your concept like uh we, we i was playing the concept around i was like will we get it like a mythbusters type affair where eddie's trying to con- prove a conspiracy and these guys are trying to disprove it but i was thinking ah oh, fuck it. it we just make it a sitcom or something i don't give a shit <laughs> 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 okay um let's just say uh when you die you have to convince saint peter to let you into heaven what do you say now keep in mind you just have to get past the gates, and um, they can't kick you out. So if you want to trick him or fool him or something, that's all on the table. Oh, yeah. You just go two on one arm drag to the back, but you don't take his back. You just walk in. Mm. Or maybe suplex him first so he can't get in your way. Uh, you don't have to be mean about it or hurt him. Like, an arm drag is the fast way to get behind someone and just out of there. You're in then. You know, there's it's just bump, bump, done. You don't have to break his neck with a suplex or anything. Yeah, I suppose if you are going to, like, uh, sort of jujitsu your way into heaven, you don't want everyone to hate you. It's like, man, he yeah. fucking su- he suplexed St. Peter, the fucker. Now, that is a yeah, thing every- I, ne- I never thought I'd say. Yeah, but then all, all the angels would think you're a dick in there, you know? And good luck trying to fucking jujitsu f- angels that are, tr- are fucking flying around you. Like, you can't fucking... Jujitsu doesn't work yeah. on flying opponents. No, definitely doesn't. I've tried it on birds. It's just, yeah, it's crap. Uh, imagine Birdman, Michael Keaton. It wouldn't work on him. Who's Birdman, Michael Keaton? Yeah, uh, he made a movie called Birdman, and he was like a retired superhero. That was his whole shtick, that he's a Birdman. So he's been Batman and Birdman. And the Vulture in uh, Spider-Man. So he has, a lot of, he has a lot of shit in his place. Uh, he sure does. Fair play to him. Ah, uh, sure. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, we have a bit of a, a moral conundrum here. So, uh, <clears throat> would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Oh, oh, Jesus, I don't know. I mean, they're both shit, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're both crap. <laughs> uh, sure, fair enough, man. It's hard to decide. <laughs> I don't like either of them. Uh, well, it's just a hypothetical, so just pick one random, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll, go with, we'll go with cancer. Alrighty. Tapping cancer out. Eww. But then you're going to guilt me about all the hungry kids, you know? It's... Well, if the hungry kid had cancer, that's one problem so- sorted. <laughs> you're grateful for that, you little prick. <laughs> Oi, Makumbu, you don't have cancer anymore, you little bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, can you do any impressions? No, not well, no, no. I haven't got any good ones. 
<laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll throw in, you know, like a two bits to work on Ryan every now and again, like whenever we're rolling and stuff. But like, no, not too much. But I've, I've like, there's so much Danaher now. I study him so much that I, I'm just starting to talk like him. Uh, dude, what if he's trying to assimilate you into the Danaher Collective by making I you think become I, him? It, it's working. It's working. Soon you're going to shave your head and wear rash guards every single yeah. hour, every single day. Yeah. To, to everywhere you go, rash guards in a fanny pack. But, uh, <laughs> and just knives, spent, knives as well. <laughs> I've spent so many hours studying them that it's, uh, yeah, like that weird creepy voice starts to get into your head. <laughs> and then, uh, in your opinion, do you think you could pull off a handlebar mustache? Um, yeah, probably. I, I've got a very hairy face anyway. I don't think it would make too much of a difference. Uh, I tell you, that question didn't really go over well with the two women guests I had on just there. <laughs> uh, do you prefer Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter? Mm, I never really got into Street Fighter. I was more into Mortal Kombat and Tekken, really. I loved all those, but Street Fighter was my main jam. Street Fighter was great. And I spent a lot of hours on Street Fighter 2. Oh, dude, if you really get an arcade cabinet, would you? Um, no, because I prefer joypads and joysticks. Uh, fair enough, my dude. Can't, can't fault you for that. Joysticks are kind, aren't really my thing. Like, you know, I'm just not, not a fan. Yeah, it's like, you know, you've programmed yourself with a billion fireballs or dragon punches and then you've got to change it up for it it's like kind of going from no gi to gi really yeah like i just prefer the d-pad like just the arrow keys on, on the yeah. controller Th that's fine for me you know you put in so many reps on it like so that it's you know it's it's just a lot more comfortable and it's you're better on it <laughs> do you ever see that guy he beats dark souls with a guitar hero controller wow wow that's got to be pretty because i mean it's a crazy difficult game anyway right yeah, plus, like, there's not even all the buttons that you find on an X, on an Xbox controller on a Guitar Hero one. Yeah. And they're all over the place. Imagine, like, you know, yeah, I didn't even know you could play normal video games on one of those. Mm, uh, it's very difficult. Like, uh, what's it? I seen a guy beat Fallout New Vegas with uh, one of them. That was pretty cool. Mm. That's way more feasible because you could just, like, do persuasion and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different. It's really open world, isn't it? Dark Souls is more, a bit more linear, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's a very weird game. You know, it's like sprawling environments that feed back into each other and, like, the fast travel doesn't exist till halfway through the game. It's fucking... Sure. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, do you have a favourite uh, sort of uh, dad joke, we, we're going to call it? Dad joke? Oh, it's like oh, a very, weird. very corny joke. <laughs> no, not off the top of my head. I'll probably think of one later now and go, oh, shit, I should have told him that, but no. Have you got one? Tell me. Maybe it'll spark something off. Uh, let me see. This I heard this one the, uh, last night. It's like, um, where did the very poor meatball live? <laughs> God. In the spaghetto. <laughs> yeah, it's desperate. Terrible. Terrible. That's the point. <laughs> uh, then, uh, do do you believe in aliens? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't go deep into it, but there's got to be something out there, right? 
Mm. You don't you don't look into it that much, but just you know, just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Uh, There's enough conspiracy theories to look into here without having to go into outer space for it. Mm. Uh, if, if you became president of Earth, what's the first thing you do? Like the first law you would enact or something? All girls have to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah, dude, awesome. That, that's a great fucking idea. Compulsory. Because, you know, self-empowerment and all that. Absolutely. And there is nothing like it for it. It would end a lot of shit. Yeah, you'd see the fucking assault and rape thing just fucking yeah. plummet down first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I wish more girls would do it. We've got hardly any girls doing jiu-jitsu, and I, I'd love to change that. Mm. Actually, I, I think they kind of get better at it quicker because they don't, tr- they don't have that phase where they're trying to muscle through everyone. So they have, yeah, they have, they have to, to, to like, do technique and shit. Yeah, so they, yeah, they do they, get better quicker. Yeah, they have to rely on technique. And, I mean, like, I've only got two girls in my gym, uh, two Kiras. One of them, um, she only just turned 15, but, like, I mean, fuck, like, she works harder than any of the guys, and she's, t- like, tougher than any of them, and, and like, I've just got so much respect for her, because, like, she came into my gym as, a, like, a really quiet, shy 13-year-old girl, and, I mean, to go through, like, you know, like, the ass-kickings and all that jiu-jitsu and like how hard it is and just to stick with it in a room full of lads that are all absolute killers you know and just to prevail and just put the head down and work hard every day and now she's unbelievable she's just like winning all these tournaments around her versus young women and all like and it's it's just amazing but like she's such a rare person you know like like she's in a girl's school of probably a thousand students like that's right beside my gym and She's the only one I have of them all, you know. It's it's a really hard sell to girls. So if I was in charge of everything, I'd make them have to do it at least for a while, you know. Mm. At least on learn like like a triangle from guard or something, some yeah. type of something to like to show you that like even if a big stronger guy like pushes a girl down, you know, gets on top of her and gets in between her legs, that like, she's not powerless. Like she can snap his arm or choke him unconscious. Mm by using like not strength but by technique and leverage like it it's an amazing thing i i, I wish more girls would, would would do a bit more of it you know uh you know it's just uh to some of them they don't really like the prospect of grappling with sweaty men you know that's it yeah <laughs> but even like with other women like that like they're that whole thought of human contact like just disgusts most of them unfortunately and it's uh like that's one thing about this lockdown like like i'm single so like i'm i'm and like i'm used to doing jiu-jitsu for hours every day so like like i'm I'm missing all that human contact now you know like Mm. i I, I think that's an essential i think it's essential like i think you know as a human like there's things you need you know like food and water and sunlight but like human contact as well like physical human contact is very important Dude, fucking loneliness kills, like, fucking... No, it, no, it really does, man. It really does, like, and, and that's that's what I'm missing most with all this lockdown. Like, I'm missing jujitsu and I'm missing the techniques and all, but, like, I, I'm also missing the hugs and the handshakes and just just the bonding, you know? Like, it's... I, I'm missing, missing the social aspect of it a lot. I'm really missing my team. Oh, man, I miss my whole fucking hugging sequence. I do the slap in the bum with the arm drag, mm. waist lock. 
the hug there and then just pick him up and like throw him around the place for a little. I miss doing that. Every hug. Best hug in the world. Just like <laughs> end it with a suplex. <laughs> You're mad for your fucking suplexes. I, you know, I, I, I sort of have been thinking about them a bit. Like, uh, you know, do you ever just sit and you're thinking, a move comes to mind, you're like, hmm, why not? Yeah, I could do a belly back suplex right there. <laughs> or, uh, do you know what would be a really good uh, move to teach girls at first? How about uh, a Minari roll to fucking heel hook? <laughs> why not? So if someone, yeah, like, someone's, yeah. like, running towards you, like, <laughs> oh, you know, just like, what? Because that would end shit super quickly. <laughs> Have you ever heard? I think it was Eddie Cummins talking about like self defense. How, like, <laughs> he was saying, like, if you are a girl and you've got a big, you know, large man attacker, like, if you choke him unconscious, like, he wakes up after a couple of seconds and he could do it again. <laughs> but if uh, you rip his knee in half, he's not getting up and he's not chasing you anywhere, you know, you've just crippled him. Yeah, plus, you know, it's hard to choke out bigger people. It's not not impossible, obviously, but it's harder. And it's harder to break their arms and stuff because they could just, like, you know, like uh, bench press you and slam you on the floor, slam you on your head. Uh, but heel hooking them is the. Yeah. Um, it makes the most sense to me in ending that straight away because they can't run after you. Yeah, yeah, and like plus the way ligament scale, like it's, it's, it's a very good way for a small person to destroy a big person. It's a really good equalizer. It really is. It really is. I mean, I look at Lachlan Giles in that last ACC, like, taking out oh, four months. dude. That's Man. Awesome. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have um, super strength or super speed? Um, Super strength. But, um, you know, but you know what? Like, I way prefer healing abilities to either of those. Like, if I could have super strength and super speed or healing abilities, I'd take healing abilities. Yeah, same here. Just train every hour of every day. No fuck. Exactly. Giving. And listen, if you were like super strong or super fast, then jujitsu wouldn't be as much fun for you. Yeah, fair enough. I might have to change that question because people keep saying, "Well, they're, they're good, but I'd rather super healing like Wolverine." Oh, people have said that before. After. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to change I, that question. I think. <laughs> to have healing powers because we're always so broke dude I'd say Wolverine have a great crack doing uh, Jiu Jitsu except for the mecha skeleton oh, but uh, let's forget about love that he'd claws. love it okay. yeah. if, he, if he didn't have a metal skeleton and he didn't have claws everything would be fine take them out yeah that's easy <laughs> people have that surgery all the time unmetalize a skeleton and remove weird claws that's, that's a child's work just get Magneto to rip him out. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, if you could teleport anywhere in the world right now, say there wasn't a fucking corona thing going on, uh, yeah. where would you teleport? Um, where's Hickson training at? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, I, I go there. I, but there's so many places. But there, there's so many places I go, but they're all jiu-jitsu schools. Like, I go to Danaher's in New York. I go to Eddie's in L.A. I go to San Francisco's to Danny's. Like, there's, there's, there's loads of places in the world I'd love to be, but it's, it's all just for jiu-jitsu. <laughs> ah, my man. Do you have a, a favorite serial killer? Um, hmm. A favorite one? Yeah, personally, my one is the Zodiac Killer. Fucking love the Zodiac Killer. 
He never got caught, so he's a real fucking G. That was in San Francisco, wasn't it? Yeah, the Bay Area. Yeah, right. Yeah. I I don't know too much about him. Oh, dude, there was a... There's good audiobooks and, like, uh, there was a good movie uh, released about him. Like, I got really deep into the Zodiac Killer. There was, like, a big following for him in particular. You know, people people love the Zodiac. I just thought of the perfect answer for that question. And I wish I, I, I said it whenever you asked me. The timing would be a lot better. Do you want to ask me again? <laughs> yeah. I can, I, can, I can just cut this out. <laughs> yeah. Ask me what serial killer is. All right. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite serial killer? Hillary Clinton. Oh! <laughs> oh, snap! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I thought of that. I would have seemed way wittier. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you this uh, episode's going to get taken down off of YouTube because of that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get demonetized, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm to Spotify now because of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might get 100 million for it. <laughs> oh, it's an... Uh... What's this one? Uh, if you could have any car from a movie, what car would you pick and why? And you can't pick the DeLorean from Back to the Future. I was just about to say everyone picks the DeLorean, I'm sure. That's the only one that came straight to mind. Now, keep in mind, uh, if the car has stuff like rocket launchers and shit, you can use them. It's not just a car. So if it can do something in the movie, you can do that. No DeLorean, though. Do you know DeLoreans were made in Belfast? Oh, dude, I'm well aware of that. Those are fucking cool as shit. But, and they were funded by Coke money, right? Cocaine or Coca-Cola? Yeah, cocaine, yeah. Fucking hell, really? There was something, yeah, there's some big story behind that, how they're, how they're very dodgy. Um, like, there, I think it was two years ago, um, I was, like I'm saying, like I live out in the countryside, and like just walking around, there's nothing but fields and all, and then 10 DeLoreans drive past me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I've never actually seen a DeLorean, and then all of a sudden, 10 just drive past me out in the country road. Like, it was obviously, a, like, an exhi- exhibition or something, like. Um, but, yeah, it was really weird to see 10 DeLoreans just going past me on a country road. Fucking hell. It's pretty weird. Uh, see, what would you describe as your weirdest quirk, if you have any? Hmm. I don't know. Nothing really comes to mind. Uh, maybe the I'm fact that you sure. strangle grown men for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my job. You've got to other people for a living. Um, yeah, it is kind of weird and quirky, all right, yeah, but it's, it's somewhat normal. Mm. Oh, uh, here's one. Have you ever been on a really terrible date? Mm, yeah, I've been on loads of terrible dates, but there's they're just boring, like, just the girl is shit and uninteresting. It's, there's not really any good stories behind them. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like when, like, you know, they're just going through the motions and they're not really putting forth any effort and shit, you know, when you're talking to them. Yeah, yeah, where you've got to, like, they've got no personality and you've got to drag stuff out of them, like. But that's, yeah, that's just what I consider a shit date, you know. See, uh, going on a date is a lot like going into jiu-jitsu for the first time, in my opinion. You know, if you're not going in with a good attitude and, like, a willingness to sort of, you know, willingness to fucking learn and shit, you know, or, you know, willingness to that sort of thing, why the fuck are you even there in the first place? Well, that's what I tell my guys. I tell them to cut whenever they're coming to class to treat it like a date. Like, don't come in here fucking stinking. Like, make sure you're 
wash gear and all, and you're putting your best light out, you know. So I tell them to treat jujitsu like a day. Mm. Uh, some people I know say jujitsu is their only mistress. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Married to jujitsu. Ah, uh, dude, I'm right there with them. Single Pringle up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, it, it come, really becomes all-consuming, doesn't it? Yeah, How long you like? Three years in, aren't you? Yeah, three years last month. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. Like, it doesn't... It, it just consumes you more and more, and you just get more addicted to it. Oh, dude. Uh, what mythological, yeah, mythical creature do you wish existed? Mm, I don't know. A minotaur? That'd be fun to grapple with. You'd probably make shit in <laughs> What about... I'd say fucking... Uh... Oh no, not a genie. A genie's a bad idea because like all their wishes are like monkey paw wishes. There's always a catch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Message over afterwards, yeah. Uh, did you ever hear of uh like I heard this one uh, it was like a joke, it was like, Man, this guy found a genie, he's like, Okay, uh uh I'll give you one wish, like, okay, I want balls to touch the floor. So your man's legs fell off. <laughs> yeah that's always the way like i want a big dick or something and he just becomes one big dick like there's no person <laughs> all right man uh, what would you say is uh, your spirit animal hmm um that's a good question and it's actually kind of been something i i, I don't know the answer to it is is the thing um ideal connection like with with a lot of things, even with some insects and all, like bees and stuff. But I have like looked a bit into spirit animals and heard people talking about them. There's one guy in particular I listen to a lot called Paul Check. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, he's he's amazing. He goes really deep on stuff. I I listen to a lot of him. Um, but he talks a lot about spirit animals and kind of like how you can have more than one and like different connections with them. But yeah, I I. I, I don't know. Like you'd like to pick something cool, like a bear that can just rip shit apart and all. Like, but I like I feel a connection to like bees and stuff. You know, it's yeah. I don't know. Mm. See, personally for me, it's uh, a sloth because I like uh, making my jujitsu look effortless. Like I want to beat you, but I want to make it look easy. Yeah, yeah. Sloth jujitsu. Sloth jujitsu is a is a real thing. And do you know who Brandon McCaffrey is? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember we were talking about him at the Grapple Kings. Like, do you know Brandon? Because I was telling you I was going over to America. He's like, do you know Brandon? And I was like, Brandon, Brandon. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. No. Were you going to Alabama? I was going to go to Kentucky, but that's off the table because of this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Brandon is amazing. Like, he's he's definitely one of the, the best instructors we have in the 10 Planet system. He's uh, He's unbelievable, but, like, he does that real like 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 lazy jujitsu where he's just lying on you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really weird. Like he can go he can be in side control and he can turn and be like belly facing up and still controlling you, still wedging you in, still having like that weight distribution that's making it's it's very, very strange. It's just like he becomes water, you know, he becomes like a bag of water, it's or like a corpse or something. But like that <laughs> But that's that kind of slot jujitsu, and it's amazing. It's extremely efficient, you know. Once you can get to the stage where you're comfortable with it. Mm. Uh, See, so guys, we've reached the last question. Are you 
last question, Rory. I'm ready. Okay. Drum roll. One sec, I can't. Ah, never mind. No drum roll. I couldn't find the screwdrivers to slam on the table. I don't feel like looking for them right now. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the most important lesson you've learned in all your years of doing jiu-jitsu? Um, I've learned a lot of lessons through jiu-jitsu, but I think the power of repetition is huge. Like, you can master anything you want to as long as you put enough reps and enough time into it. Anything is possible, you know? Mastery for anything is, is the same thing. It's, it's all just repetition. So guys, uh, with, uh, so guys, we reached the end of the episode. If you want to follow uh, Rory, it's at uh, tent underscore planet underscore Carlo on Instagram. So Rory, do you have anything to say before we shoot off? No, not much. Just I'm. Um, thanks for talking. It's been great chatting to you, and looking forward for all this lockdown to be over so i can get back to my team to my gym seeing all my guys again and and doing what we love you know doing jiu-jitsu um, everyone that's you know in the same boat and is just like maybe losing their mind a bit that they don't get to do it and all i know how we addicted are but like it's it's one of those things where it's it's you know it is out of our control so i, I just i urge people not to stress over it too much and to also to get out as much as you can like get out in nature and um, like feel the sun and all like it'll do the world of good for your happy hormones and you'll just you'll just feel a lot better about yourself and um, and if you are scared of this virus like if you are worried about it like a lot of people are there's been a lot of media fear-mongering and all and um, but no like it is a respiratory thing and there's lots of things like that with Wim Hof Med we were talking about earlier stuff like that you can very easily and anyone could do to like improve their lung function and just to keep you safe and strong and healthy you know so i just yeah just asking people like just don't get caught in this circle of being stuck inside like you know with four walls it, it's not yeah. gonna do you it's just gonna make the whole thing worse being miserable yeah. inside yeah like, like yeah it's out of your control don't worry about it too much but do go outside like get in touch with nature like you know take your shoes off walk on the ground and you'll feel a lot better and a lot happier okay so thanks a lot rory thanks for being on thanks andrew i'll chat to you buddy take care Yes.